0: Hello, 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 My name is Andrew Kaylor, and you're listening to episode 13 of Andrew Kaler Recordings. Uh, a few updates before we get into the episode, um, or really just one. Um, today, I went to the, the hospital and uh, just coincidentally saw the same doctor that I saw the first time around when I was going to have my knees checked out. Um, just brief summary for anybody that might not know, I have, I have excess fluid in both of my knees, otherwise known as water in the knee, um, that has been giving me quite a bit of trouble. I've been, not been able to like go do a lot of physical stuff. Um, just been taking medicine. So, but I went today and he said that I will not need surgery and he looked at my MRI and was like, yeah, like, this is bad, but, like, now you're good, and it seems like if we just keep you on medicine, you're gonna be fine, won't need surgery. So I'm, I'm pretty much good, which is great, because I'm one week away from summer, uh, so my summer break, and obviously I've got a lot of things I want to do, and getting knee surgery is not <laughs> one of them. So that's great news. Um, that's really the only update uh for today's episode, I'm talking to my friend Justin Drury. We met in college. He was the assistant to the RA, my freshman year in college. Uh and so I met him pretty much day one, and we've been friends ever since. Um This is this is probably my favorite episode that I've done. Uh besides the one with my sister, which obviously I'm biased towards because she is my sister. Uh, but, yeah, this, this episode is just great. I enjoyed being in it, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to listen to it again, I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. Um, he really just got me to a a level of of vulnerability that, uh, I wasn't, I mean, I should say I wasn't expecting, but he does this to me every single time, so I I, like, I knew it was coming, but it's always even more than I expected, so... I'm happy to share that with you guys. Um I was happy to share that moment with him. I hope you guys get something out of it. Um yeah. So, I'm about to go out for dinner, uh, but I'm going to post this episode real quick. And yeah, then it'll be the weekend. So, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. hello what's up yo yo yo
1: how's it going
0: it's going good uh i haven't i haven't done jack shit today so (laughs) love that for you just woke up to talk to you
1: i love that you got the rest for both of us in
0: yeah i was i was gonna say i think you are like officially the like the latest person to come on the (laughs) podcast because it's like yeah it's one in the morning for you right
1: Uh, yes, it is. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Thankful. It was delays and delays and delays, but it's okay. We're here. We made it. And now I'm ready to be on this podcast.
0: So, I mean, I know you're sober, but you're basically on drugs right now.
1: (laughs) Right. Basically, my brain is on drugs. (laughs) Uh.
0: (laughs) Well, cool. So normally when we start off, people kind of explain uh, who they are. Okay. What the connection is? So go for cool. it.
1: Cool. So my name is Justin Drury. Um, I went to college with Andrew, I seven or eight years ago. I was trying to tell somebody the other day, and I can never even remember. It's just so far removed. Yeah, it was
0: a long time from before. my
1: memory. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we met back then, and um, I have completely changed in almost every facet of my being (laughs) um, since that time um, while maintaining certain justness. But yeah, and one thing about um, Andrew that has just kind of kept our friendship together is I've always felt like as I was growing, as I was evolving, as I was learning new things, I always felt like You were kind of a safe place for me to come and bounce thoughts and ideas around, um, as well as have a place of, like, non-judgment, and it's definitely something I've tried to emulate in my own life um, based off, I mean, there's been multiple people that have kind of shown it to me, but you're definitely one of those people, Um, and so that's why your friendship has been so cherished by me, um, and how we are still close to the same. Well,
0: thanks, man. I appreciate that. For sure. And, you know, I would say, obviously, um, you know, the Justin I met when I was 18, which would have been, yeah, eight years ago. Um, Jeez,
1: that's so crazy. It,
0: it, it is. That's so, like, it's, whenever I think about, like, time, I think of it as, like, uh, high school increments. You know what I mean? So it's mm, like, yeah, yeah. I knew you two high schools ago. <laughs> wow. Um. But, I mean, so, like, when I met you, obviously, like, you were saying, like, you retained a lot of this Justin-ness. There's yeah. still, like, so much about you. Like, I, I guess I would say, like, the, like, when I think about you, like, the, the defining characteristics, all the things are still the same. It's just, yeah. if if anything, it's just been, like, refined. Does that make sense?
1: I would say refined, but also, like, the limits have been taken off. Sure. Um, So kind of like the box that I had limited my Justin-ness to has kind of um, at times deteriorated, at times been ripped apart um, by myself and at times by others, um, stepped on. Like all these different things have happened to like this box, you know, that was containing Justin. And now it just feels like this more... Um, lived, experienced, authenticated version of Justin that has maintained his Justinness, but at the same time um, allowed it to be his strength and not this, <clears throat> you know, like a uh, thing to be feared and kept closed in.
0: Well, one thing you talk about a lot that um I definitely appreciate is talking about like taking care of uh your like your inner child and like communicating with your inner child um what was like the first time where or like what was like the big moment where you realized like oh this is something I really should be focusing on and Mm
1: -hmm. does that make sense yeah that's a great question um the first time oh my gosh well so definitely not through college (laughs) um definitely not just after college and then i moved to orlando at that point um and was kind of like coming out but she was messy coming out because literally i was just a very hurting person that just was trying to escape from everything so it wasn't then i would say i mean obviously okay let me backtrack a little bit obviously coming out there's an element there of saying like i owe this to myself but as far as acknowledging that as like oh like there's an inner child inside me that's like kind of stunted and terrified and all that it wasn't really then i would say it honestly oh my gosh it kind of like sucks to say this but like i would say like as recent as like when i got my job and kind of moved up in to boston I mean, I was flying around for a bit, and and so then I was just like trying to like see all my friends and stuff. But I would say probably mid twenty nineteen. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's 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 like not even that far away. But um, literally, that was kind of the change for me. Was I just kind of had this? I was getting really lonely with my new job. Um, and just felt like I was traveling all the time. I was seeing a bunch of people, but was I really being seen by people? Was I really kind of connecting? Was I, I didn't feel like I had a home to come home to. And that's when I kind of started opening my eyes to like the home inside of me wasn't a home to come home to. And so that's where I began the journey of the inner child work. But if I'm being completely honest it's just now really being something that I'm like internalizing, going through different griefs and things that I'm experiencing right now. Um, and that just comes from I was in like a long term relationship that's ended. And so much of my energy um, I put into someone else. Um, and so, kind of having that break apart and end was really like devastating. And so I was, have been able to just really shift focus of like, damn, I deserve to be giving this energy to myself. Like, yeah. and really becoming attuned to like, um, like one of the books that I was reading, it's, it's um, like, Buddhist thought on um, <clears throat> suffering and transforming it into um, like beauty. And one of the things that it talks about is literally that like, we should acknowledge our grief. We should acknowledge our pain. We should acknowledge our suffering um, for what it is. And that's, you know, an inner child that's terrified, that's reaching out, that's scared. And so um, I would say it's been work that I've been doing for a few years now, but it's really coming home to myself now.
0: Uh, Something you were saying earlier that, I hadn't thought about it this way, but you were saying how you were traveling a lot, you were seeing a lot of people, but you didn't really know like how much you were being seen by those people. Yeah. Um, I think you and I are similar in some ways in that like we kind of have like these big personalities. uh, Right. um, And we can be like a bit like performative, not even like in a. don't even mean that in like in a negative way. You know, we are characters, you know, And and we like playing our characters and people like seeing our characters. And so I I can see what you mean where it almost becomes like the Justin jury tour where it's like, yeah, Justin coming soon to a town near you. Right. And you, and you go and you do your Justin thing and you get, you receive like that validation, you know, because everybody's like, yeah, we love Justin. Here's Justin doing his Justin thing. Right. And you're like, yep, that's me. I'm doing my thing. But, and I, I, I can feel this way sometimes as well um, where, it's it's nice to be appreciated for like this this character this person that you are, but then there are other aspects of it which don't really fit as easily into that. Performance isn't the right word yeah. for it, but um, like this mode of being, I guess.
1: Right. And no, I totally. Yeah.
0: I can I can I can totally identify with that.
1: Um, yeah, personally, it's, it's like at least for for me, it it's just like those interactions with people are genuine and like mutually um, and it's fun and it is enjoyable, but it's almost like, um, <laughs> babe, you need to rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, you need to disconnect for a bit and either connect with Justin or just turn off for a little bit because when you get in the habit of go, 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 um, then like, the moments are still there. The moments are still beautiful. The moments are still enjoyed by people, but you're kind of like deteriorating on the inside a little bit and um, because you're not prioritizing yourself. And something I've been in conversation with a lot of people lately is um, I think that, uh, at least for me, I'll only speak of my experience, um, but I think that um, Christianity kind of exacerbated that a little bit for me and that the more and more that I've been reflecting I don't think that in my time in Christianity that there was ever this positive message about my body that was Mm. like, hey, you should connect to your body more. Hey, you should listen to your body more. Hey, you should, like, I don't feel like I had that. And even more so because my body was a queer body. And so um, where, like, some people have, you know, their quote unquote sins that they have to deal with. Like, a specific thing with queer people is, like, our own body is the sin. Right. And so there's this detachment there. And so, like, that's one thing that I've been talking a lot with my therapist about is, like, (laughs) priority number one (laughs) is get connected to the body. Like, what are the things, like... Our body sends us messages. Our body, like, says different things, you know, by way of either anxiety, depression, um, all these different things. Like, that is our body communicating to us, our hunger, our thirst, all of these different things. And I have become so, I guess, maybe not attuned. So, like, the opposite of attuned, whatever that is, um, to what my body is communicating to me. Yeah, like disconnected. Yeah. Um, And so... Just in my reflections lately, I think, you know, did Christianity cause that? No. Oh, I don't think so. Maybe. But um, did it exacerbate that dramatically? Yes. Yeah. Um, because there's all these messages of don't trust your heart. It's deceitful, your mind, like, you know, all these different things that you're taking in. And even more so if you're being told literally, like, your being is abomination like, who you are is literally perverse. And, like, <laughs> 23 years of internalizing those messages, like, I have to understand that that has fucked up my connection with my body. <laughs> right. Um, now I'm trying to get him back. Yeah, I I, I had Jimmy on
0: uh, for an episode. I love and, Jimmy. Yeah, me too. Great dude. Um, And we were kind of talking about, how, cause you know, I have a lot of, I've had Christians on the podcast, but I've had yeah. a lot of, um, you know, ex-vangelicals, <laughs> right, <laughs> on, the, on the podcast as well. And, you know, I never want to just be on here, just bashing Christianity and, oh, for sure. and I haven't had anybody on, I think that that's their goal either. Right. Um, and I think, uh, Jimmy was kind of doing a similar thing you were doing where he was saying, like, I'm not saying this is inherently Christianity's problem. This is just right. the way. This is the way I interpreted it. My experience and of it. This was my experience of it, and the system did not uh, did not make it any better. It did nothing to alleviate yeah. my uh, potentially misunderstanding, potential misunderstanding of what was being interpreted. Um, right. And you know, like you said, with you know, homosexuality, obviously being like, it's like your body is bad. Right. Um, I feel like the only time at least in my experience, Christianity talks about your body is either like telling women how to dress. Right. Or saying like, you should be physically fit because your body is a temple. But right. Or don't these- have sex. Or oh, yeah. right, Don't have sex. Don't <laughs> like, masturbate. God, please um,
1: don't like don't connect to your body and feel pleasure. Please don't do it.
0: Right. Because, you know, your body is inherently it's it's you know, the devil is working hard, but your body is working just as hard to actively deceive you because you're born with the sin nature. Like, you were a baby, and even before you were conscious, you were already, uh, you know, worthy of eternal damnation. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, it's people wonder then why people uh, grow up with these sort of psychological issues about their own being.
1: Yeah. Um, it's so many of my mental and emotional issues, if, if you could even call them that, I feel like either originated in my experience of the church or were deeply exacerbated by it. But I very much appreciate what the religion and religion in general means to other people. You know, um, this last month I got to spend, uh, a month with my family. I went home to help my mom heal through recovery of a hip replacement. And, um, my mom is very Christian. Um, I mean, my, my whole family is, but, um, just sitting and talking with her. You know, I was going through a healing process. She was going through a healing process. And so there were some mornings I would walk in and I'd just be a bucket of tears, you know, (laughs) Um, just really overwhelmed. And I'd sit next to my mom and she was like, can I pray for you? And it's like, of course, like you're doing this from a place of like, I see you're hurting and this is what I believe will be meaningful and helpful. And, you know, I, I Over the last couple of years, like, I've really grown to have a really beautiful relationship with my family, um, even though, you know, we see a lot of things differently. And in that moment when my mom was praying for me, when I'm, like, at, like, one of my lowest points, it was just this moment of just, like, she's doing what she believes is the best thing for me, and she's doing it in a way that's not hurting me. It's not like it wasn't like her prayer was, you know, oh, if Justin would just, you know, change his ways. Like, it's not, you know. Help Justin see the error of his ways. Yeah. Like, it's not this, like, um, damning prayer. But literally just this beautiful, like, you know, um, God, take this away from him. um, Help him walk through this. Like, just like this prayer of blessing, if you will. And um, it was just a very sweet and tender time to be with someone that is obviously very meaningful to me, but also like separate that and be like somebody that is a strong believer and derives peace and healing and all of these different things from her faith. Um, and so the fact that because that is a tool that helps her, um, she's seeing it as like this tool helps me and I want to help him with it. Um, just kind of following those thought processes for me have helped um, to see that like, yes, this isn't what would be most meaningful for me, but for her it's the most meaningful and it's beautiful that she wants to share that with me.
0: Yeah. Well, and I don't think it's like a problem inherent with Christianity because this idea that right. like we are not our bodies, like that's not just Christianity. You, you were talking about yeah. Buddhism earlier. Obviously Buddhism is a lot about like, uh, like we are more than just this physical form, and we're all yeah. connected and everything. But the flip side of that is then also like your way of being part of everything is through connecting with your body, like, right? Like, your body literally is your vessel. And so, there is definitely, I think, you know, a healthy way to look at it. Of course. Um, and I, I just for some reason, or you know, I'm sure. A multitude of reasons right. all, all of that has just gotten so warped yeah and, you know i was in um you know i went to nepal with dylan yeah um which was a de- great experience like definitely top top tier life-changing stuff but uh we were when we got there we were going through like a little like training where they were giving us some like language and, and survival stuff um, but mm-hmm. also like teaching us about the culture And so this uh, one of the pastors, one of the missionaries was saying like, "Okay, so like yoga, like meditation, like are these Christian things? And everybody was just kind of quiet because, you know, like when 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 you hear those kind of questions, it's like, wait, this is a setup." like he's right somewhere. (laughs) So so the majority of the people that I knew were thinking like, no, it's not good. Like they were like, I want to say no. But the way he says this. (laughs) And so I just raised my hand and I was like no not at all like it's it has that doesn't have anything to do with religion necessarily and meditation is just self-reflection which is Mm -hmm. full of it in the bible and he was like yeah bingo and then kind of just talked about how like the idea that like meditation is this uh like eastern and like corrupt and it's like empty yourself and let the devil in sort of thing Mm -hmm. um is totally just uh one incorrect but also just not really something uh outside of the American church that's really thought of right um, like eastern orthodox people would have no problem with saying that they meditate right um and so for me i i started meditating when i was like 7 or 8 so i've been that's doing some... it i've been doing it a long time but i didn't start doing yoga until college and I, I have not done anything else that's like gotten me more like in my body wow. uh, than doing yoga um, because it literally shows you like it shows you things you didn't know your body was capable of mm. and then it's, wow, it's just it's just spending time with yourself and realizing like how little you actually know your own body like I'm yeah. like like man you know I've got this left foot and it's there all the time. How often do I actually like Oof. look at it and think about it and like try and take care of it? Right. Um, which like sounds silly until you think about it. Like if you said the same thing about like your car, that doesn't sound silly at all. It's like, I never look at my tires. It's like, well, you probably should look at your tires, you know, like, right. you need those, you need those to drive.
1: But right. then the
0: idea of just like, spending 30 seconds to think about your leg um, just sounds absurd.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not practiced. It's not, uh, like, uh, on a socially standard, like, it's not something that people do or talk about doing very often. Um, The only reason I feel like I've come into contact with it is through um, certain, like, speakers and um, different you know, therapists and things such that I've been following, you know, kind of since my descent out of Christianity um, just to be able to find, you know, connection with myself, like coming back to myself. Um, but I, yeah.
0: When I, when I talk to people about meditation, because um, like I don't think everybody should necessarily do yoga. Like it's really not for everybody. Like some people are going right. to have a better time like playing football or something. But Mm -hmm. I do think meditation is something everybody could benefit from. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people when I talk to, they're like, yeah, like I tried it a couple times and like, you know, like I enjoyed it, but I just like couldn't couldn't stick with it. Um, The most common thing I hear is because they just feel like they're wasting their time. And when I ask them, like what they think meditating is, it's always about emptying your mind. Yeah. And. Like, I I hate to hear that, but of course I, I, I'm sure like media has a lot to do with it, but if you look into like any sort of like book on meditation or get into sort of any of the background of it, it is not about emptying your mind at all. And so like it just feels like a waste of time. I'm like, well, of course it feels like a waste of time. You're trying to think about nothing, which (laughs) if one, you're never going to achieve it. Like that's, it's impossible. And then, but two, even if you did achieve it, it's like, well, then what good is this? Like, Right, But what did I gain? Yeah, like, what did I gain? Um, And every time I tell that to people, they're like, holy shit, that makes so much more sense. Like, it's all about like sitting and following the flow of your thoughts. And you can go with the current of your thoughts or you can tread water or you can swim or you can do whatever you want. But it's just, because whether or not you're consciously meditating, you are being constantly taken by the current of your thoughts. Right. And, you know, you can choose whether or not you want to go with it. Um, And that's why I think meditation is so important and breathing exercises are so important because, you know, it's not stopping everything. You're still breathing. You're still thinking. Right. It's just being aware of it. Yeah. Which I think can be incredibly helpful. I know for me, um, from the age of like, I want to say like 14 until I was 19. I never cried once. Wow. Um, and I was like pretty, not to say like emotionally closed off, but definitely dampening dampened my emotions. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was just talking to, uh, one of my buddies we've been friends since we were four. Uh, so he knows me pretty well and, um, I was like, you know, I'm I'm a pretty cranky dude, but I'm like a happy cranky person. And he was like, yeah, that's true, except for like high school. You were just straight up cranky. <laughs> <laughs> and um and be- it, the reason for it was because I was like, okay, like emotions are something that we can control and by controlling them, we're being like the most reasonable version of ourselves and like reason is like the top priority Mm -hmm. and emotions are kind of just a thing that gets in the way of being reasonable. And so I just like, didn't allow myself to cry. I pretty much was either just like happy, angry or felt nothing. There were no, Mm -hmm. there was no like subtlety of emotion, like no mixture, like no, like I wouldn't let myself experience sadness. Um, I think
1: that's a, a path that like a lot of people take specifically like men, like, But a a path all across the board, I think that a lot of people take just to not have to deal with feelings. Just like you said, like the streamline of like, or reason is the top,
0: right? Which I think is really just at least again, I can only speak for myself. I I came to realize like that was just a defense mechanism on my part because Mm -hmm. I'm actually a fairly sensitive person, and so yeah, I think
1: you're really sensitive
0: my, my defense mechanism is logic and reason. Mm. Um, like you can't hurt me if I'm being logical. Um, gotcha. Like you can't, like, if I don't show emotion, like then I win. And mm. um, so that's, I mean, even, even to this point now, like even just literally just today, um, I was having an argument with uh, my friend and just like explaining to her like you did this thing like it didn't make me feel good and like you do this often blah 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 i don't appreciate it i don't like it um and we she apologized and we finished talking about it and i was like all right that was good that was healthy and she was like that was not healthy i was like what do you mean and she <laughs> was like she was like i did something that hurt your feelings you could have said that i would have apologized and said like okay like i'll do better on this Instead, like, you said something I did, and then you criticized me and criticized me as a person. Like, and she was Mm. like, that's not healthy. And I was like, holy shit. Like, again, like, I was, like, I was hurt. And so then I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to explain why I'm hurt, which will then solve the problem. But then I'm also going to criticize you using this, like, uh, logical, analytical system of thought but realistically I'm still just acting out my pain because I haven't really forgiven you for hurting my feelings. And that was, wow. that was me, that was me this morning. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: So, I mean, it's, it's, it's still something that, uh, I have to work with.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, we're all just going to continue working on so much of this shit. Um, but I, wow. I hearing you unpack a lot of that, I'm like, Oh, I definitely have moments where I do that, (laughs) like, wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, being in China, you know, the, the majority of my friends are Chinese. And so I'm speaking to people in my native language and they're speaking in their second language. And it's really just like challenged me on like a lot of my ideas of communication Um, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, how, like, it's kind of like made me prioritize words less, but, Mm. um, something I haven't really talked about as much is it's really made me question a lot of what I consider to be healthy communication practices, um, that then like they're put through this different lens of speaking to people that use a foreign language and are in a, like a very foreign culture. Right. Um, realizing like oh shit you know what maybe like maybe this isn't just an american thing because when i i I think there are ways where if i'm an american talking to an american we completely understand what the other person is saying um maybe it's not like a universal thing but like the american culture it works in and then it just doesn't translate um yeah like not even like in a language thing like the the emotion and the communication of it literally doesn't work and that's that's something that i've really been uh, having to deal with making like deep personal relationships with people.
1: Yeah. I, um, I know the experience, uh, a little right. bit of two different cultures, um, trying to communicate, uh, about something, uh, the out of, um, my partner was from Panama. And so, um, we had, you know, uh, when we began the the relationship, he um, did not speak uh, English fluently. Um, he spoke Spanish. And um, so our relationship started by sending messages back and forth. He would send them in Spanish. I would Google Translate them and think of my answer. And some days I would write it back in English. And other days I would work on either practicing my Spanish or use my good little friend Google Translate uh, to communicate to him. Um, but then as our relationship continued to grow and grow and grow and, and eventually he got to a place where he is fluent in English um, now and we would communicate. But I can't tell you how many times we would have uh, an argument or a disagreement or something because there's different things such as tone. There's, you know, certain words like that have more weight behind them. Um, you know, you have anger and you have enraged you know what I mean right and so um just those tiny little details can really be such a different change and so something I had to really look into was kind of um, how to navigate that with one another and just understand kind of where we're coming from and like you said like it it really does put a lot of things into perspective when you recognize that this is somebody else's secondary language speaking with me in um in my first because for, for us what we prioritized was him learning to speak English because I mean the plan was for him to um, be you know um, become a citizen and 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 go throughout that process of kind of uh, to a degree assimilating to American culture um, but we wanted him to be able to get a good job and stuff but um um, and then the plan was then once we kind of jumped through some of those hurdles, for me to go back and be able to really um, work on my Spanish, s- because I wanted him to maintain kind of the ethos of um, his identity. But right. um, yeah, it, it's definitely an experience. Like, English is so stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, like, so, said that so many times. There's so many weird rules and then so many rules that we have that we don't actually follow. Right. So it's just, it was very interesting that my two things were that and the second one was all the little phrases and things that we say that make zero sense um, to somebody that has just learned the language and is like, what do you mean put a sock in it? Like, what does that yeah. mean? yeah um, uh, yeah,
0: one, one thing that I've definitely um, had to change or have been changing is I apologize a lot.
1: Mm, and I do like, that.
0: I think I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I think like partially it's because I'm from the south and we're just a naturally very apologetic people. Because um, it's just, it's the polite thing to do. Um, right. But then I also, like, it's also just what my personality has turned into. Um, but in in the Chinese culture, you only say sorry if you, like, did something on
1: purpose. Committed an offense. Wow.
0: Right. And so, um, just as an example, yesterday I was Love texting that. one of my friends and she and her boyfriend just broke up and so she was she's just going through all those emotions right. and um the you go. she yeah, she had <laughs> she had wanted the boy she had wanted to meet up with the ex boyfriend to kind of talk things out and he was like okay yeah we can talk things out and then he canceled on her And so she's, she called me and she was upset. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that that's happening to you. And she's like, why are you sorry? Like, Mm. (laughs) I'm like, cause you, well, cause you're my friend and like, like bad things are happening to you. And she's like, but this doesn't have anything to do with you. Like, you're not, Mm. you're not involved in this. Um, yeah. And that, that's like, that's kind of just a more straightforward example, but, um, when I have like these miscommunication problems with my friends, which is again like a daily thing. Sometimes it's serious. Right. Sometimes it's right. just sometimes Minusural. it's not. Yeah, yeah. But I'll I'll always say sorry. And it's gotten to the point where some of them just ignore it. But um it's it's just something I'm like, okay, like why why do I feel the need to like constantly be apologizing for things to right.
1: that... so, like fold in on, on yourself.
0: Right. Right. Like like what like I because I feel like part of it does come from like a place of fear and it's like why why do i feel this fear from this person that obviously they're my friend they mean me no ill intent why am i like uh overexerting myself to avoid a problem that only exists on my end
1: yeah uh I've, I've wondered a lot why I apologize so much as well. I think, I think some of it for me, in my experience, can once again kind of be traced back to the idea of the almighty God was always watching me and waiting for me to slip up to let me know that I was wrong. And so there was always kind of this idea of like, I needed to appease that by showing that I was sorry. I think there's other parts of myself that just, I would much rather, I don't want this for myself, but what I observe about myself is I would much rather say, I'm sorry and kind of take the fall for it to maintain the peace Yeah. instead of yeah. Um, kind of standing in like, no, like, this is what I feel is right. And I'm not going to back down for that. Um That's something I'm, I am aware of and I'm wanting to work on, but yeah, I um, totally
0: identify with that.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's, we're people, people. So it's like, literally like, we like being around people. We like, you know, having connection with other people. And if there's kind of a disagreement, at least for me, like, it's like, well, It it definitely activates parts of me that's like, well, if our disagreement's too big and I don't overcompensate for that, then they could walk away. They could leave me. They could reject me. They could abandon me. Um, I definitely have noticed that some of those thoughts pop into my head. And so um, kind of the falling on myself is an attachment. And like, uh, I don't want to be left. So I'm going to do this right now so that I'm not left. And so at least for me, that's something that I have become aware of and that I'm wanting to work on in my life. And I'm trying to practice detachment and uh, the idea of impermanence and that I don't have to hold on to things because good things will follow me and um, anything that is for me will stay with me and kind of, you know, floating those different thoughts in my head that I haven't always dealt with, you know, um yeah. I've for a long time been a stage five clinger and yeah, <laughs> like will just cling on to people that matter to me, whether it's an actual romantic relationship or like platonic friend relationships or um uh, mentors or anything like that. Like I just clutch onto those relationships. I'm I'm literally a relationship pack rat. Um and just don't want to let go of those things. And um, life has just continued to teach me over and over again to release things when it's their time. And uh, I've just not done a good job at listening to that message until, you know, it now is a really big <laughs> part of me that I'm having to learn how to detach from. So, Yeah, I I think
0: it's um it's interesting yeah. because like there's certain like what we're talking about right now, um that's a personality trait that's like it's not exactly it's not like totally unhealthy like there are there are like you said like we're people people, we like being around people, there are positive yeah. aspects to it, yeah um and then we can we can have those feelings and those emotions and do those things and have like completely positive responses to them. Like it's not right. always it's not always going to go bad. Like you and I are both very apologetic people. How many times have we ever apologized to each other? Like I can't think of a time right. where we've ever apologized to each other. Yeah, um, I don't think so. Um my roommate is like the exact same way. Like she also is like willing to like bend over backwards for people, which will get her in trouble and will get me in trouble, but never right. get us in trouble with each other.
1: <laughs> right. Cuz we get um,
0: it. Yeah, and so I think it, it is interesting how – because uh, I was I was talking to this woman the other day explaining to her, like, my life kind of rules of love everyone, question everything, regret nothing. and She was like, well, how do you love everyone? And I was like – she was like, how can you love everybody the same? And I was like, it's not loving everybody the same. Right. Like, obviously, like, I love my parents more than I love, you know, the person making me food. Um, right. <laughs> but it's like the way in which I love them is the important thing
1: yeah i and, feel that oh my god i feel that
0: and it's like some people like the good things in you are going to negatively click with them and it doesn't mean like that your thing is bad it just means that you and that person are not going to connect in that way and that's yeah. fine yeah and that's i'm something- learning
1: how that's fine
0: <laughs> yeah and that's something uh I've definitely had to, like, grow into um, as being, like, a people pleaser. Yeah,
1: because um, we can be, like, neurotic about being people pleasers. Like, I need everybody to be pleased by me.
0: Right. And, and if that's like, just
1: not practical and, and I not healthy.
0: I, I think a way that you and I kind of differed on a little bit is, like, I was okay with people not – liking me but i wanted them to like not like me for the reasons i wanted
1: oh you know what I, I hear mean? you
0: so it's like it's like oh yeah so and so was talking shit about me what'd they say oh that yeah good i'm, I'm glad i'm glad that i'm glad that's right. how they feel about them. right like, because that's good still riddance. that's that's still me controlling right. uh the situation there and controlling people's perception of me um Whereas I think you're just more. Or oh my you God! More... I just
1: want you to like me. <laughs> yeah, you're just like everyone.
0: Please like me.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's something I'm definitely I'm learning. I my body has not caught up to it, but my mind is okay with it. If that makes sense, which seems to be a trend in my life, um, <laughs> is just that like mentally, I'm there, <laughs> but like bodily, I'll get anxious. I'll you know, kind of ruminate on, you know, oh, I really don't want her to think that about me. Oh, I really don't want him to think that about me. And so it's something I'm having to like use my mind to tell my mouth to audibly say something out loud so that my body can hear it and just repeat that until one day I'll turn around and I'll be like, oh, she doesn't like me? Mm, Her loss, you know?
0: Yeah, well, and I, Um, I do think, I think it's one of those things that again can be brought back to Christianity is like this idea of like thought crime where it's like, so you do the right oh, thing. yeah. You do the right thing, but like in your head, you're like, I didn't really want to do that. So like your guilt then like cancels out the fact that you did the right thing. Yep. And it's and Oh, or, you or are then speaking
1: it's like, to my internal body. <laughs> my, like, <laughs> Oh my God. Because, you know, it's
0: there's this everybody says, like, if you think like you've grown up, just like go back to your hometown (laughs) because you just revert back to that person. And it's like, see, you never really changed at all. But it's like, no, you have changed because you don't spend the majority of your time in that space right like you are a different person not completely different but the majority of your time you're doing this thing and if you do something the majority of the time like that's pretty much what you are you know what i mean like, yeah if if you do one bad thing you are not a bad person
1: oh my god i oh. <laughs> this is like me to the t it's literally like i will do things and have the fruit of what I actually put my hands to that. I see it. It is good. It is. But then like, I will just overly like criticize myself. And like my number one, like, I don't know, maybe demon, if you will, is like shame. Like that dude is just bad news for me. And so there's so many times that, like, I'll do things, but I will just, like, shame myself for not doing it this way or not doing it sooner or not. You know what I mean? Like, I I could think of a million different things that it tells me, but, like, oh, God, it's just wild.
0: This is, this is a little bit of a conversation hop, but have you seen Inside by Bo Burnham? I haven't. It's. Do you know who Bo Burnham is? I don't. He's a comedian. Uh, okay. Uh, like he's. A, I think maybe he's. He's a thirty. He's like around our age. He's a younger guy. Okay. Um, and you, you, you. I highly recommend his new Netflix special.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Inside, you should watch it. But just to give like kind of the, the quick version of it and why yeah. it kind of relates to what we're talking about. So he does his entire. Uh, performance inside of one room that he spent like six months in during quarantine. Um, so it's just him like, like starting from absolutely nothing to a finished product entirely, uh, like self isolated inside this room. Wow. And so it kind of just like goes through like his like mental, uh, process of being in quarantine. And it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but he talks a little bit about this, like this idea of like, performative transparency. Oh, and so, fuck,
1: you about to fuck me up with this. <laughs> I just already know, I feel it.
0: And so I, I think, um, I, I mean, I think obviously it's a huge thing in America, in capitalist culture, Western culture, Christian culture, there's this idea of vulnerability that is marketable and likable. And uh, so then there's this idea that even within our being vulnerable and open, there still is this like performative aspect. And I think, I think social media has obviously just uh, cranked the dial up to 10 um, because we're kind of like, we're supposed to not only have like pretty pictures, we're also supposed to say like, pretty words that make people like think about things and reflect on their lives so then they're like wow this person's really talking about stuff they this person's a thinker um and so I wonder if if you ever catch yourself in that or if you ever um like notice that in yourself. Uh not
1: you over here coming from my whole existence. <laughs> <laughs> like yes <laughs> like I've never heard it broken down that way. And I'm literally sitting here like, that's why I'm like laughing. Cause I'm like, they're like, damn, (laughs) like got me. Um, (laughs) Yes. It is something that I have observed about myself is, um, and I've, I have understood it in my friends that I would consider intellectuals and that they make me think intellectually, but of like the three or four people that I'm thinking about right now. Um, if I call them intellectuals to their face, like they would be like, gross, like, don't call me that. Yeah. But um, it's more so when I, I speak to my friends that are more the, the thinking, the logic, the, you know, different things like that, um, that almost kind of hold a mirror back up to me and my vulnerability. And it's like, it's beautiful that you're really vulnerable, but it makes me reassess like what's the motive behind the vulnerability and not that it's ever like malicious motive, but I would say more maybe fear-based motive. Um, Like I, I think in my observation about myself that I can sometimes be vulnerable. Um, Actually, my friend Chelsea said this to me one day Um, literally that like, I can almost be vulnerable from a place of like, well, I'm gonna show you all the shit right now, so that if you're gonna leave, you're gonna leave. Like it's kind of um, mm. like a uh expedited intimacy, maybe. Yeah. Um, check like a power ex- move. Yeah, like an expedited intimacy check. It's like um, it's like
0: you're you're whipping your dick out, but your dick is your emotional baggage.
1: Check. Right. Definitely. <laughs> um yeah that's a really great analogy yeah um and but i think it it comes from a very afraid place of like (laughs) to continue the the you know metaphor if my dick's not impressive enough for you what am i going to do you know this is what i've got Um, right and so um yeah i think it's i mean shit, not me over here. I'm packing my whole life right now. (laughs) But like, cause literally I am vulnerable on the drop of a dime to the point where I recognize that it's not always the best thing, but it brings, it does bring a beautiful closeness. And I will say probably at least 80, 85% of the time I establish very deep and beautiful and meaningful connections yeah with people and i would think that i can sit here and say too that people feel deeply connected to me as well because i have let them into parts of myself i think the thing that i need to continue to reassess for me personally is um do i need all these people connected Mm. in the same way and i think Maybe that's a, great, estab- that's a great
0: point. I, hadn't, I hadn't yeah, thought about
1: that. Like establishing maybe levels of that depth and that like um not everybody needs to know my whole life story in the first five minutes. Um but also I don't I don't know because then there's other times where I'm like so for instance, right now I'm going through this really rough, you know. Break up and divorce from somebody that I loved with my entire heart, still love. Um, but I know that walking away is best for both of us. In um, being transparent with people, uh, my job requires me to work with people that I may not see again for years. And so I'm going to have them for one, two, three, or four days, and that's it. Um, for a while and so it's very easy to just be exactly what we talked about like vulnerable on the spot and it's kind of like like I definitely like read body language and read conversation before I jump in because some people you can read right away and you're like this is not somebody that I'm going to be completely vulnerable with but then when I get like even an inkling of like oh this person is someone that is you know emotionally somewhat mature or operating from a place of, you know, empathy or something like that, then I'll, I'll dive right in. And it's beautiful because I've established really deep connections with people. Um, but there's a hesitancy about me of like, oh, is this the best thing? But then the flip side is what I was trying to say this whole time was um, I've been back to work less than a month. And on every single trip that I've worked on, I've worked with somebody that has gotten a divorce within the last two years. Wow. And each one of them at different levels. Like I I worked with somebody who's like living his best life. Like he's great, not a care in the world, doesn't think about his ex. um, To a woman who um, has gotten a divorce, but now she's in a new uh, marriage and she just found out that this man is cheating on her quite literally on the trip that she was with me on and we're sitting there talking for hours and we just cry with one another about just how hard that is and how, um, overwhelming it is. So it's this moment of just like deep connection that I would not have had with someone had I not been vulnerable. So for me, it's almost dare I say worth it for the times that that vulnerability is going to come back to hurt Yeah. for all of the times. Like when I look back, there's so many friends that are friends now that I look back and it's like, dude, that was, you know, the kid that showed up to church that I barely knew that, you know, we, later got to have a conversation and now we're super close that was the dude that literally i met through a mutual friend i followed him on his instagram because he posted some music we got chipotle together and sat and talked for like three hours the first night that we got together and now he's one of my closest friends and so it's like all of these different scenarios were like at least for me in my life choosing vulnerability Led to something so great and so beautiful that um. it even it, it outshines the moments that I chose vulnerability and it hurt.
0: yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, Amelia, you remember Amelia, Tam, obviously. Yes. um, she wrote like a little poem about me one time that I have saved and cherished deeply. Um, But one of the lines on it was something along the lines of, he wears his heart on his sleeve so he can stay raw for the world. Mm -hmm. And like, when I read that, I was like, holy shit, this is probably like the nicest thing someone has ever written about me. And like, I I showed it to Mike, um, who did not know Amelia at all. And he was like, holy shit, like, I need to be friends with this person so they can write about me. Like, which, you know, is like high praise from Mike. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like I, I just think about that all the time, and it's, it's, you know, it's like you were saying. Like sometimes being vulnerable is gonna get you burned.
1: Um, yeah. And, bad. <laughs> yeah. Might even affect your wallet. Might even affect your <laughs> relationships. Yeah, for sure.
0: But, yeah, when you look at all the, when you look at the pros and cons list, I, I you and I would both definitely agree. Yeah That the pros it's are there. Far
1: greater. It's far greater, even, yeah, like in other scenarios, even in the scenarios that burn you, there's good to be found there. Like, that's what I'm really learning right now is not even like, oh, there's good to look for elsewhere. No, there's good right there. Yeah. In the midst of all that, there's good, there's beauty, there's things to be learned, to be learned, yeah. Yeah. It's not always elsewhere. Sometimes it's right in it.
0: To bring it back to what we were talking about at the beginning, like the idea of like talking to your inner child, that was something that I was already, I was already, you know, doing, but something that uh, really kind of just took it to another level was me being here in China, connecting with people. And because of the language barrier, you do almost see like a more childlike side of people. And so like, like, hearing like the stories of these people because since like not to say like Americans are better at having friendships it's just different and so for a lot of these people they've never had like an American style friend and it is a different Mm. level of emotional connectedness and I would I would I have these friends where I'm like I can I can see the child inside of you Mm. and it like it helped me then to like reflect back and be like okay so like what does this have to do with me as a child? like where is the child in me that I'm seeing reflected in this person? Mm. Um, you know, they say like whenever you look someone in the eyes like you're seeing your own reflection, you just don't know it. yeah um, I, I I think that's I mean one, it's just literally true, but <laughs> I yeah. think I think as a as a metaphor it's it's great.
1: Um, yeah I love those moments where you can see literally like just your inner child playing with someone else, like, and there's response accordingly. Something that um, my, my partner and I, when we work together, I love telling people this. Like, this is, for me, like, top 10 coolest, like, things I've noticed about myself, observed about myself, is um, we literally used to take showers together all the time. Like, just like... We just did. And it was such a time where our inner children just played. We'd splash water at each other. We'd like just sit and talk. Like it was just, it was m- my favorite thing in the world. But it was like, that's the most treasured thing because both of our inner child, child would just roam free. Like it was literally just, I, it, it It's cool when you get to free that inner child and then also get to see somebody else do it as well. And then you get to do that together.
0: Um, I really appreciate you talking about uh your relationship because I know obviously that's something you're like literally in the middle of like <laughs> going through. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you being willing to talk about that. Uh, for knowing other people are going to hear about it. Um, So last night, I met up with my ex-girlfriend for the first time. I haven't seen her this entire year. Um, And uh, I I had called her a couple nights ago, having not spoken to her in a while. We were texting a little bit. And I was on my way home and I was just like, Hey, can I give you a call? And she said, yeah, sure. So I gave her a call and I was like, Hey, you know, like, I'd love to like hang out sometime. Um, and she was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm really busy. She's a fashion designer. And, um, so she had a fashion show yesterday. So she she was like, I'm super swamped with my fashion show, but, um, yeah, like I can meet up with you later sometime this week. Like when I'm done with that. And I was like, cool, great. Sounds good. So last night I'm out like drinking with friends and she calls me, it's like midnight, and she calls me, and I'm a little drunk, and she's clearly a little drunk, and she's like, hey, like, I would love to, like, hang out. Like, where are you? Like, let's hang out. And so I'm like, oh, shit, I am not ready for this right now. Right. <laughs> um, But we ended up hanging out, and uh, I, like, walked her home, which was, it was like a two-kilometer hike, so we had, like, a good amount of time to talk
1: right and
0: um it was just like it was really nice but also really confusing cuz i didn't realize like how much i cared until i was talking to her um and like we're we're not interested in like getting back together or anything but we just want to like rekindle that relationship because we really cherish it right um and so relating to kind of what you're talking about like i am just so bad at letting things go like mm. It, not like things like arguments, just like people
1: like, oh my God, same. <laughs>
0: like me, me and her had like, uh, such like an, a uh, such an intense, like quick relationship. Um, we only dated for like s- five or six months, but, um, so we were dating for one month and, uh, she was like, I hate my job. I hate my apartment. And I was like, oh, well, you know, then just quit your job and just get a new apartment. And like, if you need help financially, you know, I'm I'm happy to help you. So she calls me like a week later and is like, okay, so I quit my job and I told my landlord, like, I'm moving out. And I was like, that's great. Like, do you need help finding an apartment? And she was like, actually it'd be really great if I could live with you. So we've been dating Ooh. for one, we've been dating for one month, and now we're living together. And <laughs> I, I think you and I kind of, sh- like, we, we definitely share that aspect of somebody's like, can you help me? And we're like, absolutely, I yeah, can help like you. Like, I got you.
1: <laughs> Anything I have is yours.
0: Right. And so um, then she, you know, she ends up living with me after we've been dating for one month. And then the rest of our relationship, she was living with me, always with the idea that she was going to find an apartment. Like, it was never a forever thing, but she was living right. with me for months. And so then, like, when we broke up, um, I, like, immediately, like, wanted to retain that friendship and mm. basically just keep all of that closeness, um, yeah. just ex- except minus the fact that we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And she was just not able to do that. And right. so then we went, like, a significant amount of time without talking to each other. And... It was it was so hard for me to not just like constantly be like, what can I do to fix this? How can I make this better? Like, how can yeah. we be friends again? How can we go back to exactly the way things were, except minus all the bad stuff?
1: <laughs> right?
0: Because
1: <laughs> um, there's so much good that was there. How do we? Right. How do we either revive that, or how do we just not go about living in such a way that we act like that? Never happen because that's what a lot of people do is just kind of try and erase it. It's like, what if you don't want to erase what was good?
0: Absolutely, and so, like, the thing—I mean, obviously, I'm still in the middle of it, but I'm just learning. Like, sometimes people need space and time, and that's not just like okay. Like, that's actually it's great. Like, yeah, it's better. And because since since she and I have been like not in contact for a, a significant amount of time, the the majority of this year, until recently, um, we've been like very busy living our own lives. Yeah. So like we we can come at each come back to each other with sort of like fresh perspectives that you lose mm-hmm. when you don't have this separation
1: and um, fresh like self power, self autonomy of like. I put the energy that I was putting into us into me. Yeah, on both sides.
0: Yeah, dude. Because let me tell you, like this, this, my my ex girlfriend Cece, she's great, uh, but like not not like the most like confident. She's very shy. She's very timid. Uh, like like has like a self confidence, but is not like not a bold person by any means. Yeah. Um, and I was speaking to her last night, and she's just like. So this is what I was feeling. This is how I've been feeling lately. This is what I've been doing lately. These are the problems. These are the actions I'm taking. And part of me was just like, holy shit, who is this person? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was great to see. And I don't think, I I don't, as as much as I want to help her, I don't, I couldn't have helped her get to that place where she's at right now.
1: We can't help anybody. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. I and can't I, help anybody. I can only, like, be here to point out ways that you can help yourself and that maybe I can like alleviate different like pressures maybe, but as far as like helping you, nah, you're the only one that's got that power.
0: I've been reading um, this book, Totem and Taboo by Sigmund Freud. And he was talking about how, when we have this like deep, Uh, like, passionate love for something, be it, like, romantic or uh, uh, platonic, there is also, like, there's this fear that lives inside of it, and there is, like, resentment Mm. that lives inside of it. So, like, there's some aspect of this person that you don't like. Obviously, it's just one small part, and you love the majority of them, and you just don't appreciate this one part. But because we love this person, we want to think about them positively all the time, so we push down that negative thought more and more and more. And but then that just creates the more we push it into the corner, the more space in the room it takes. Um, Mm. And so he uses like the analogy of like when you're holding a baby, part of you is thinking like, what if I drop this baby right now? (laughs) And it's it's not it's not because you want to drop the baby. It's because you don't want to drop the baby, right? And it's like, that's your way of your brain thinking this thing is important. But some people interpret that as thinking like, oh, my God, part of me wants to drop this baby. Part of me wants to jump off this cliff. Like, part of me wants to, like, ram my car into this other person. Like, it's just your way. It's your brain's way of prioritizing things. And it's just, it's so funny how we can think about what we're thinking incorrectly.
1: I feel that. Because I I definitely do that with my brain of like, why did I just think about running my car off the road into that tree? Like, why did I just think about like, walking through the aisle on a plane and hitting somebody in the back of the head? Like, thoughts that just like jump in your head. And I'm very quick to like, identify myself with my thoughts. And it's just like, no, you know, that was a thought that is not you.
0: Yeah, and I, I think even just you know sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you just have like a really dumb thought and it's humorous, right? Um, but <clears throat> I, I think it 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 all comes back to like the idea of like meditating and just like examining your thoughts and just like ooh, like experience like realizing like you are in like an ocean of thought and like there's a lot of water, but it's all the ocean. Yeah. And I, I think those negative thoughts, again, relating back to this idea of our bodies being evil or corrupt or things that we need to, like, master. Um, and also you add into that just, like, our fear of death and how in America we don't really talk about death. Right. Um, and we definitely don't celebrate it. Um, I, I think that's why, like, these thoughts have so much more power. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, people with schizophrenia in South America, it's not considered like a mental illness because in South America, typically when people hear voices in their head, they're giving them like positive affirmations. So, people with schizophrenia in South hmm. America basically have like cheerleaders in their head.
1: Um, interesting,
0: yeah. I learned that from uh, Science Mike.
1: Never heard that,
0: yeah. And I was I just love like, Science Mike. Me too, man. He's he's a great example of just a big, lovable, sad boy, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's great.
1: He yeah.
0: Him and Hillary, I feel like you you and me talk about. I I probably talk to you about Hillary McBride and Science Mike more than I talk to anybody else.
1: Yeah.
0: Shout out to those people.
1: Yeah. We like them. So, (sighs) geez. (laughs) Life. That's a lot to unpack. (laughs) Sometimes that's just all you have left to say. I feel like (laughs) there's been so many conversations that I've had lately. Obviously, I've had a lot of conversations lately. But um, so many conversations with friends and stuff, where we're just talking about life and you just end it with just like, man (laughs) like just there's that moment in certain conversations where you're just like words can't go any further and so there's almost like just exhale that's all I have left to bring
0: (laughs) so on one of my podcasts with my friend Tay she talked about how smoking cigarettes is like meditative for people because it's literally like the only time they're focused on their breath
1: oh um that's cool
0: and i think uh like what you were just talking about i feel like smoking weed is like similar in that way where like sometimes like you're smoking weed with your friends somebody says something and then you're just like damn and then you're just quiet (laughs) and you guys and you just and you just think about what that person just said yeah happens so rarely in conversation like yeah
1: that's true we go a hundred miles a minute
0: right and I mean, and especially in the podcast format, where it's like you don't We're want recording. empty space because then people are like, "Oh shit, did it are my is headphones it over? Not like... Did it
1: pause? Yeah, literally."
0: <laughs> Which, um, like, relating back to what I was saying about like performative vulnerability, um, like I stopped doing my blog because I was like, "This is—it's too polished. Like I'm—I'm I'm completely mm. controlling the flow of conversation." Um, oh my gosh like I'm presenting, like you know not to say like I'm not doing research and it's not like shaping my position, but I- when I'm starting a blog, I typically already know what I think and yeah. the information I find is going to back up that point. like I might like mm-hmm. realize like oh, this fact is wrong, but the basic argument isn't gonna change.
1: They're gonna stand yeah
0: um. And I like not to say that there's anything, uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with writing things, <laughs> right? but just for what I was trying to do, I was like, this, this isn't working for me anymore. Mm. Um, like, I, I'm sure you run into this too, where it's like, you can only have people agree with you so much before it starts to make you question what you're saying.
1: <laughs> right. I need, I need people to push back against things that I say. I think that that, makes me better and makes me feel more secure in it. And and I think that comes from when I shifted away from Christianity, kind of the stance that I took, originally I was taking it around like, like religious and spirituality, but I think I've really adopted it to pretty much every facet of my life is if I believe what I have is the best thing, I should be able to stand anything up next to it and it should either chip away at what shouldn't be there or should further support and strengthen what, what I had. Absolutely. And so it's just living from a basis of like, yeah, bring it here. Yeah. Bring it close. Um, and that has served me so well because it makes me feel like, okay, like I am more open to admitting if I'm wrong or if something is better. Um, now, There's definitely something I've observed in myself is that I struggle to admit that I'm wrong sometimes. And I think that comes from a place of, for so long, either one, I had to be defensive about who I was because who I was was inherently wrong and I needed to defend that. But then the flip side is like Christianity calls you to have an answer for everything sometimes. No, let me rephrase that the Christianity that I was taught and that I experienced was like, you have an answer for everything. So it was like, well, my answer is the right answer. What do you mean I'm wrong? You know? Um, So it's definitely something I've had to observe about myself and um, work on. But um, I don't remember where I was following that point. So take it (laughs) away. (laughs) Um,
0: No, I I totally know what you mean. And I think um, one thing for me like I've come to realize, because I'm, you know, being on the debate team in college, you can't hold on to your beliefs too tightly. Because
1: mm.
0: <laughs> even even if like everyone agrees with you, if you're like too like no, this is the way it is, everybody's gonna come up with like a hundred reasons why you're wrong, right? Um, and my family is like the same way. Like we're all like pretty fluid in our beliefs. Like if we're presented <laughs> with like reasonable arguments, but um, love that <laughs> something something I've continued to try to notice about myself is like because when you're open to most things and you're like okay i was wrong on that like and you're free about it it makes things hurt less when you are wrong yeah um you know like there's some people where you're having a conversation with them and you're like okay like this conversation isn't worth having because this person doesn't want to admit that there is another possibility
1: Um, it's almost like a crumbling if yes if if they find out that they're wrong then it's like a character. Exactly. Thing, or, or or, at least feels like a character thing. There's actually a really great book on it. Um, oh my goodness, the name has escaped me. It's Justin Lee is the author. Oh, it's like something like how to have conversations with people that disagree with you or something like that. Oh my gosh, it was such a great read. But mm-hmm. it literally lines up with this perfectly because it talks about basically the way that when somebody confronts us with something that's like contrary to what we hold true, it's kind of like the mental process of what's taking place. Like they want to preserve their ego. There's, you know, all these different things happening. Um, nobody wants to view themselves as the villain. And so like, in just about everybody's story, like they're the hero, they're not the villain. Um, and so, when you're presenting to them, hey, you're wrong, well, now suddenly they're the villain. Um, and so, their ego is going to defend themselves um, and protect themselves because they don't want to engage with that. And it's our first response is not be like, oh, maybe this person is coming from a good place and I can critically engage with what they're presenting without, you know, losing who I am. Like that's our brain. <laughs> Doesn't jump directly to that. It's more like no defend, protect. They're wrong, but yeah, little plug right there. That's a great read for stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I'll have to check it out. um And I, I totally know what you mean about where, like, you're having a conversation with someone about some thing, some issue, some topic, and then you get to a point where you're like, "Oh wait, like this is personal. Like this is not right." Uh, like they're I, not hearing I'm not, you. Yeah. Like, this is, this is something that they have a personal issue with. And yes. they're taking this as, like, a, a personal affront. Like, we are not, like, debating yeah. a topic. Right. Um, and so, for me, um, I've just been noticing, like, what are the things that make me get defensive? Like, what are the things that I'm taking personally? Mm. Um, there was the other day, uh, I was at a sitting outside a bar with my friend. It was like three in the morning and it was me and a couple buddies, all, all dudes. And this Irish guy comes up, he's like old, like 40, 50 older dude. So he's sitting with us and we're just chatting. And this Chinese one walks by, walks by and he's like, Oh man, like look at those tits. And me and my friends were all just like, what? And he was just like, nice tits. And he was like, Oh, look, and look at this one. Nice ass. And my friend was like, why are, why are you talking? Like, why are you talking like that? And the guy was like, oh, it doesn't matter. They don't know what I'm saying anyway. Um,
1: mm.
0: Yeah, and my, and my friend was like, okay, but like, you know, like 80% of people in Shanghai can speak English or at least like have some basic understanding. Um, so like odds are they do speak English and do know what you're saying. And the guy was like, no, like, I've been in, I've been in Shanghai for over 20 years. Like, he's like, I can tell, like, who knows what I'm saying? Who knows what I'm not saying? Um, and I was just like, okay, but like, let's say they don't even understand what you're saying. Like, why are you talking this way? Yeah. Um, And so like, after my, my friends all ended up leaving (laughs) because they were like, we, they literally all went home because they didn't want to have this conversation with this guy. Um. And so later, I was, I was texting with my friend about it because um, it was still, like, really bothering us. And I was just thinking, like, like, why is this bothering me so much? Like, obviously, like, this dude is, like, just sexist and disrespectful and mm-hmm. also, like, kind of, like, like, he's using his privilege as a foreigner to, like, not learn the language and then is, like, using the fact that other people don't speak the language to, like, talk about them in derogatory ways. So yeah. Why is, like, why is this bothering me so much? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I like someone did something that I didn't like and I confronted them on it. And it just made me think, like, okay, like maybe part of this makes me feel bad because. I also sometimes look at women and I'm not going to say, oh, nice tits, but I'm going to spend like I'm going to look at this woman and I'm going to actually look at her boobs and maybe look at it for like a second longer than makes any sense. You know what I mean? Because sometimes people just walk by. You look at their whole body. That's just normal. Like your eyes scan the person. Right. Um, But there will be plenty of times where my eyes will linger unnecessarily, um, which one they might notice and would offend them or maybe not offend them. But either way, like I'm carrying part of that guilt because I don't want to treat women that way. And I wouldn't okay. and I wouldn't uh, if, if my friend was doing it, I would call them out on it. And I would hope my friends would call me out on it if I was doing something. But right. and so it's just stuff like that where it's making me question uh, why some topics are so much more personal than others. And why? Because I was thinking about it. I was like, it's not like I agree with this guy. This guy was making an argument that I 100% agree with. Why do I still feel bad about this? And it's not because part of me is like, well, you know, maybe he is a little bit right. 0% of me thinks that he's right. right. It's just the part of me where I'm like, oh, I've fucked up in this way as well. He's just making like a more conscious, direct decision. And I'm going against my values. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I probably would have been one of the friends that left. I'm not very good with confrontation. I'm learning how to be better at it. But I'm a lot more awkward in confrontation as of current. And will remove myself or have a one-on-one conversation. But I will probably only have a one-on-one confrontational conversation with someone that I have already known and tested and known to, you know, be receptive.
0: Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm usually, I definitely used to be a lot more combative with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I've definitely just not even just being in China, just getting older. I'm just less argumentative. Um, I usually only say something when I feel like, uh, someone's action is affecting somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're just like saying something derogatory about like a certain people group, like I'm gonna talk to them about it, but it's not it's not gonna be as direct of a, hey, you need to stop doing that right now sort of thing. Right. Um, It's gonna be like more like, let's unpack why you think that and like let's kind of like get to the core of why like maybe you're going off like some misinformation. Um, right. But like an example, like where like where a dude is just catcalling women right in front of us. We're just like, no, you need to stop doing that like immediately. Right. right. Um,
1: in this moment.
0: <laughs> right. But yeah. And I mean, especially with strangers, like, you know, you're not going to change someone's mind most of the time. Um, right. Especially, you know, even if it's your own friend and you have like a close personal relationship, um, changing people's minds is incredibly difficult to do. And the odds of all the stars aligning for that to happen with a stranger are slim to none. Um, right. Uh, but I would just hope the the guy even said uh, in the conversation this older Irish guy. Um, I was like, I was like, okay, so like, let's say like these women don't know what you're saying. Um, like, don't you feel any sort of like like guilt or like like strange like like don't you like not feel good about talking about people this way? And he was like, your generation invented that. <laughs> Jeez. And I was like, so walking away from it, I thought, okay, I'm not going to change this guy's mind, obviously. Or I mean, you know, right. maybe, 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 maybe he'll go home and think about it. Doubtful. Um, but I thought, okay, at least maybe next time he sits down with a group of dudes in their 20s, he's not going to have that same conversation. Because he's like, okay, I, I can't do this in front of these guys. Or they're going to give me shit for it. And then we're going to have a conversation I don't want to have. Um, I feel like that's like, if, if that's the end result, I'm like, all right, that's, I'm willing to continue to have these confrontations with strangers. If it <laughs> in some way alters their behavior, if not their right. uh, mindset.
1: I mean, I feel like it's just like planting seeds in it. Like, if that's a lesson that he needs to learn in life, then it's going to just keep coming back around. And it's just gonna get harder and harder until he learns it. <laughs> like it's literally like what whatever the lesson may be, I just feel like I, I feel like planting seeds is really all we can do. Planting seeds I, I read something the other day. Oh my goodness, I don't even remember what it was. But it was basically like the only thing I can do to help anybody is just point to the direction of the where the water is. Like beyond that, like mm-hmm. People have to be thirsty themselves. People have to go and get the water themselves. But quite literally, the only thing that I can do is one, get water for myself and show them by example, and two, point to them and say, that's where the water is at. You know, like that's really all all the power that we have.
0: Yeah. And I I think, um, I think part of the kind of backlash we're seeing. Um, from these more like quote-unquote traditional male types um i think i feel like part of the backlash is because a lot like they see a lot of these seeds being planted and there is like this cultural shift that's happening um and people are being questioned that have never been questioned before like no one's ever challenged them right and um i i saw this tweet this other day oh my god so stupid and i try not to get too worked up about dumb things I see on Twitter because if some random mm-hmm. person just said it I'd be like well that guy's a fucking idiot but then I see something <laughs> on Twitter and they say it and It's it's got like 10 likes and then like 13,000 retweets because everybody's just dunking on this person for the dumb thing they said but it still makes me mad that people think it um mm-hmm. this person was saying how, that like homosexuality has like ruined male friendships <laughs> <laughs> and I and I was just like interesting yeah they were like they were like guys just can't be friends now without like everyone like questioning like their sexuality and stuff blah 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 um we can't (laughs) just have these like pure male non-sexual relationships and i was just like god what an absurd thing to say and like and believe and um like a lot of the quote tweets were just like okay even if you are friends with someone and other people think you're gay. If you're like, it, why does it matter if they think they're gay? Like, obviously, you're using like being thought of as gay is something negative in your mind, right? Um, but then a lot of the tweets were also just like weird way of saying you don't have friends, man. <laughs> like,
1: right? Yeah. It's, and then it makes me think right now of like, well, what about the connection between like guys and girls? Like, as far as the friendship that were there because of perceived straightness, like if you will, like, yep, I I just think about again, I was just at home for a month and it was funny because there were so many stories I would sit and talk with my mom about. And one was we just talked about and Andrew, when I tell you, I feel the emotions of what I felt in this story is I remember in like kindergarten and first grade, I had all of these like, little girlfriends that were just like my friends and but then of course you know everybody else in society and my parents or whatever like oh is this your girlfriend is this you here right, right and so pushing kind of this like, pushing yeah, the hetero agenda yeah literally and um i will never forget oh this is my trauma i'm going to go in and talk to my therapist about this on thursday Was literally, I was not allowed to spend the night at Gina Evans' birthday party. (laughs) And I was the only boy invited to the whole party. And I was not allowed to spend the night. And do you know how devastating that was? Yep. Literally. uh, Yeah. I literally, when my mom brought it up, I was like, mom, you don't understand. I was so tore up over that. Because... I was the only one that had to leave. <laughs> well, and so... Go I ahead. Mean, go ahead. It's, like, it's like... That's like a humorous example, but it's like how many... Um, like... Uh, opposite sex, different sex, um, like friendships, you know, didn't get to happen because of the construct of oh well they're dating oh whether well, yep. you get what I'm saying
0: yeah no I mean you know I uh I know plenty of adults uh that I consider to be intelligent uh open-minded rational people who genuinely don't think that men and women can be friends and um I think to some extent that's true because society hasn't like socialization yeah yeah like i'm like i'm I, I'm like for some of you i believe it you know and they're like no men and women can't be friends i'm like if you believe that then that is true
1: like oh my god so what are we gonna do when like the gender binary and everything just like ruptures nobody's gonna have any friends or everybody's gonna have everybody friend like, well, it's, I,
0: I, I think i think that is genuinely kind of the fear i i think uh that is kind of the you know people like i can't be friends with guys anymore because it's gay. I can't be friends with women because then we're just going to have sex. Um, and you then, know like what? The... Just
1: go gay. You can be friends with everybody at that point. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I can't be friends with other gays. So I guess everybody's losing at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, just no one on earth will be friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. <We're> just... <laughs> we'll just we'll talk to people through phones and just not. It'll be like the circle, but. The world version. Have you seen the circle? Is I have. A reference you get or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah get our little spheres and it'll be like, and send message.
0: Well, when, when people, people will be like, oh, like, when did you kind of start questioning Christianity? And I'm like, when I turned six years old and they split up the boys <laughs> and the girls, Like <laughs> Wednesday night church, we, we were, we were rainbows. We were all together. We were making crafts, like, making cookies. And then we turned six. All of a sudden, girls are missionettes. Boys are Royal Rangers. Girls are still doing the crafts and making the cookies. Boys have to go, like, start fires and, like, wrestle in the dirt. And I'm like, well, bitch, this I was Bitch,
1: I was throwing a tomahawk at some wood. Right. Which was just, I was, you know. I was I'm a like, bad I'm bitch like, at some I boy's I want to make some cookies. <laughs> yeah. Literally. In hindsight, I wish I'd have made some cookies, but it's great that you started questioning at six because, shit, I didn't even let myself question till I mean, I guess technically senior year of college. Mm -hmm. I had little questions here and there, but I mean, no, it was after college. It was right after I graduated college because I remember my blog post was, I'm allowing myself to ask the questions that I've never asked before. I
0: do. I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was, it wasn't even, like, it it wasn't even me saying, like, I'm going to question these things. It was, I'm going to let myself question. Like, it was like, because I'd had all those questions, but it was just like life before them was just like, shove down, shove down, shove down, shove down.
0: Yeah, I remember that. And I remember people going... Oh no, Justin!
1: <laughs> right, and now it's so funny. I love any time that I get together with like, um, just like a, a bunch of people. Like, there's so many queer people that went to our college. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just so so special. It's. Um, it was funny. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, so I have to ask, like, um, I'm just curious. I hope there's not like a wrong way to ask. I was like, girl, ask me whatever. Like, I'm not going to sit here and judge you. Um, and <laughs> they were like, um, so do you like, you all like or I was like, I wish there was a group chat. No, there's not a group chat, but um, there's a Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also like a lot of us do just kind of keep in contact, but even the ones that we don't, there's just kind of this like um, shared history, shared trauma, call it what you will, but there's kind of this, even the ones, at least I'll speak for myself. I think I could speak for multiple people but I'll speak for myself is there is just this when I know that what I went through and made it out on the other side there's just this profound like I see you yeah, and we don't need to keep in touch we can if you want to but we're all doing our own things but there's just at the end of the day there is this crazy bond I feel like I I naturally have like this bond with everybody that we went to college with that we got out on the other side and we kind of feel like we can exhale like anybody that has a little feeling of that I feel like I naturally already have some sort of bond with but then specifically people who identify as queer that have gone through what we went through there's just this profound like something in like the belly of your stomach that's just like I don't need to even know your details and I know it was hard for you and so there's just I don't know how how else to say other than just this like deep feeling in my gut of like I see you like we did that We're, we're here and that's it that's what matters and that's like congratulations. You know, we're still here. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely there were there were some people for me where I was like, all right, they're gonna like obviously no one or most people don't leave college like the same way they went in. Um, but there's definitely like some people that you could have like picked out from Southeastern, you're like, okay, obviously this person is gonna go through like a bit of a transformative experience like once they're done. Um yeah. you're like this person's probably not gonna be a Christian <laughs> in a couple years. Um wait now, now I-,
1: I wanna know did you what did you think did you think I was gonna go through a transformation? Did you like what now I wanna hear?
0: <laughs> um for you like Yeah. I mean not to say not even to say like I knew where you were gonna end up. Yeah. Um but obviously you and I were close enough where I was I was like okay what Justin's doing isn't sustainable. <laughs>
1: mm, a lot of people have told me that. I didn't see that for myself, but a lot of people have told me that.
0: Um but at the same time uh you were always trying to of how to put this you were always yeah. like I I always trusted the direction you were
1: headed in mm. um
0: like I was I never I didn't foresee you like bad things yeah I, yeah I didn't I didn't foresee you turning into like a mega camp at, like a mega pastor yeah. uh and like using like all of your positive traits for what I would see as, like, the negative aspects of the church. Like, right. you were, like, you were very involved at Southeastern, obviously. Very. Um <laughs> And, like, obviously, I don't support a lot of what that school does. Um, but, like, when, when you were in there, and this goes for tons of other people that I love and have respect for, like, they were part of that machine, but they were still, they, they never crossed any sort of line where I was like, okay, no, actually, you are like doing the direct harm right. um, that I would see other people doing or see what the overall machine does.
1: Right. Yeah, um,
0: and so, you know, there, like you were saying, like there definitely is kind of this shared aspect that a lot of us, like this shared feeling a lot of us uh, have when we're out, like having finished or just a lot of people not even having finished. It's just kind of like, <laughs> damn, True. like we got, we got through that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And and it's 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 been really interesting for me because I still have all those southeastern people on Facebook. It's been in, some people have actually been surprises um, where like they'll have like some Facebook post where they're basically just like, OK, damn, I went through it and like here's where I'm at now.
1: Um, yeah some of those people are
0: like i'm like damn like i did not like not to say like there are like teams (laughs) but i'm like damn like did not think you'd be on our team (laughs) yeah
1: there's definitely been a few people that like have reached out to me that i have just like whoa i would i would have never seen i guess the best way to put it is like plot twist like it's like wow yeah. that it's you know Definitely. not a good thing not a bad thing it's just like wow that didn't have that on my bingo card, um, but um yeah it's for
0: for me um for like whatever reputation I had like I posted a blog my senior year that I was an atheist like I was I was I was openly an atheist before I graduated from Southeastern, and so um not to say everyone knew who I was, but the people who did know who I was knew who I was. Um, And so like, I would have a lot of people talk to me about that kind of stuff too. Um, I I think for different reasons than they would come to you. I think people are like, they knew they could be open with both of us. I think a lot more people will come to you for comfort (laughs) than would come to me. And honestly, like reasonably so like,
1: (laughs) yeah. It's so funny though, because when I think about, when I went to you at times I was seeking comfort, but not like nurturing. Like I was seeking comfort in that, like I can exist exactly as I am. And that is seen versus I feel like a lot of people come to me knowing they're going to get the nurturing. Yeah. Which like, I love being that, like I, I love getting to be that, but it's just, it's cool to think, about the ways that people do feel welcome to bring them whole bring their whole selves even if they're looking for different things because i I do feel like yeah people came to me for nurturing but like i I can think of at least you know two or three times that i came to you and I went to you because I knew because you were so vulnerable with your thoughts and your journeys and your experiences I knew okay even if this isn't way off the wall for Andrew he's not gonna look at me like I have a second head growing out of my shoulder like if that makes sense
0: yeah well and I and and not to say that like I'm not nurturing and you're not also um, right challenging of people I think a lot of it just has to do with these like I was saying like these kind of uh like these public portrayals that we have like these reputations we have yeah um where it's like, Justin is the lovey guy and he'll cry with you. <laughs> and like, Andrew is the challenging guy. <laughs> but you and I, you and I both know. Um,
1: both but like, of us can do both of those. Right. Like, like do you, do you, both you, of those. you
0: know, you know, I am, I am actually pretty sensitive and I am yeah. emotional and I will also cry. Um, and I know you also like, you're like, yeah, great. Like, I love you. You're special. Like, you're loved. You're valuable. But also, you also in your head, you're like, but also here's 10 things you could do to make sure this never happens again. Like, oh,
1: yeah. I I give you what I think. Well, no, I'm I'm shifting as of late to being like, um, me and Emily did this a lot with each other, but like, do you need to be heard right now? Or do you want like my input, my advice? Yeah,
0: yeah. I and love
1: then that. at that point, then at that point, then I'll offer the challenge, but Cause there's some days where it's just like a bitch just want to cry right now. And yeah, ev- everything is just falling apart and I don't really want to be fixed. And it's like, I respect that. I get that. Yeah.
0: Well, cause I mean, I think um, you need to yeah. give like things the like the weight that they're due, like the, like give them validity. And yeah. uh, sometimes like you when like when you encounter a problem, Like something happens in a relationship and it goes bad or something happens at work. Something happens that causes this extreme emotional response. Um, It's not just that specific event. Like obviously things have been building to this. And so then if we are just like, okay, I'm having this extreme negative reaction right now. Let's immediately think of solutions to get rid of it. Like you're not giving yourself – like, the adequate space to even really reflect on what's happening.
1: And see, that even makes me think, just in reflection of myself, of, I'm such a compulsive fixer, I can't tell you how many, both in my former relationship and in friendships at times when things have been brought to me, if it's about me, I want to fix it right in the moment, and yeah just thinking about it right now it's just like oh I wish I could revisit some of those moments and just say thank you for vocalizing that I can't imagine what that feels like can we just sit in an awareness of that right now and like and it's something I can do so readily when it's not directed at me Mm. but when it's like Justin you're doing this Okay, well, how do you need me to fix it? Right, like do, you know, because the uncomfortability of the fact that like I'm the one, either causing it or triggering it or what have you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know for me, um, something I've I still have to work on is like the idea of using honesty correctly. Um, one of uh, one of the one of the best bosses I ever had. Um, Kevin Saxton. Shout out to Kevin.
1: Uh, what up, Kevin? He, he
0: says, "Um, honesty only has value if you're also considering the feelings and the effects that your word, the feelings on the other person, and the effects that your words are going to have. Um, if if you're not worried about the other person and how they're going to react, you're really not being honest. Um, and so, uh." you know, there are some times where I'm like, somebody's like, okay, like you did this, it hurt me. And I'm like, okay, let me solve it. Because in some ways that's just me getting rid of those feelings that I now have. I want to get rid of my guilt. So let me fix it and let me solve it. And then once I've solved it, like you have no justification for feeling the way you feel anymore because I fixed it. And I said, sorry, I won't do it again. Like, (laughs) right. Like, what are you, what are you still upset about? Um, And it, it, doesn't it, and obviously that's not how I feel about people you right. know like somebody somebody hurts my feelings I tell them they say sorry I'm going to do better I still have some of that resentment there
1: um yeah my uh my partner used to always say the glass is broken on the floor that's something we used to say to each other when like our feelings would get hurt and it, one of us would apologize, and then if we try and like take the conversation anywhere further that the other felt minimized or whatever, then we would say, I understand you said, I'm sorry, but the glass is still broken on the floor. Mm. And that was like a very moving, like that's something I'll carry for the rest of my life. That was very like, you know, just because you said sorry doesn't mean that the glass is not still sitting right there on the floor, shattered, <laughs> you yep. know, like, um, and that was definitely like a, a really impactful reminder of like taking the time to actually heal, taking the time to actually come back down from emotion to, you know, process what was said, what was done, all that.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting. Like, it is it is work, but you know, it's rewarding work and it's it's challenging, but like the alternative is just shit.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> to just at just least you're just, making an effort with this.
0: Right. To just like not not deal with things. And that's something with my Chinese friends, like, since it is more effort, um, not just language wise, but culturally. Um, it does, like, create a bond that's, like, a different kind of bond than I've previously experienced and mm-hmm. that I'm, like, capable of experiencing. Um, and I think in the same way, it's you can also make similar connections having uh, friendships of the opposite gender or different ages or, you know, different sexualities because, you know, it's, it's easy to be friends with people that are exactly like you um and there's nothing wrong with those relationships like th- my three closest friends are like relatively straight white guys who I've known since I was four those are my three closest friends like that's just the way it is um and obviously we're not exactly the same but we share a, the, we have way more in common than we are different and I cherish those relationships but meeting people who come from different circumstances is going to help you grow and it's going right. to challenge you in different ways. And I think like those relationships where you do put in the emotional work, one, you're strengthening it because, you know, you're helping the emotional relationship. But two, you're also just showing the other person, like, I'm willing to do this. Right. It's, it's just the
1: commitment aspect of it. It is. And because you're both so different, there's – more of a challenge so it's like I mean you're going through a tougher thing with somebody so it just naturally builds a deeper connection
0: I was I was at work the other day and um, this woman her boyfriend lives back in America and she's like yeah we're just fighting all the time it's terrible and uh, me and my, my friend was like he's like oh me and my girlfriend never fight and uh, she was like oh, like, I I just wish we had that. And I was like, no, that's not a good thing. And he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, no, it's not a good thing at all. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I mean, it's healthy to have disagreements. I'm not saying you yep. guys should be fighting 24-7 about every little right. thing, right. but it, it's healthy to have disagreements. And she was like, well, how can you say that? Like, and the the guy was like, he was like, we don't have arguments because my girlfriend always just does whatever I tell her to do and then resents me for it and it's not good, yep. and I tried, I'm i trying to work with her on it, but, like, it's not good. Like, I'm not saying I wish we fought all the time, but not fighting can be just as big of a problem.
1: Yes, because somebody is not using their voice to speak up for what they want or feel or need. Yeah. Because I, I think it's, I could be wrong, but there's a therapist named Esther Perel, I think is who says this, but she said, um, whoever said it, but I'm pretty sure it's her, that, um, you show me a couple that doesn't like argue with one another from time to time. I'll show you two people that haven't got close enough to each other.
0: Mm.
1: yeah, that's interesting because it's like as we get close to people that like arguing comes from having values pushed up against, yeah. and no two people are exactly the same in one hundred percent of their values, and so. Granted there's a difference in like a value that's like, hey, I think that we should be exclusive to one another and another one being like, You should hang your towel up after a shower. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. Those are kind of on different levels. So you kind of like have to differentiate where do you draw the line. But um yeah, like <laughs> you should be arguing about little things like, no, not arguing. Disagreements are healthy. Like, yep. speaking up for yourself is healthy. Seeing things differently from somebody else is healthy. You just have to make the decision at what point do you say, you know, It, it it's a major value and a more minor value.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think there's... That like the two extremes of it are um, one, you just like constantly submit because of either personality right. or culture, or because the Bible says you should be a submissive wife. <laughs> right. Um, but then like there's the there's the other side of it where somebody's just like I'm never gonna ask you to change, and I'm never gonna like say what I don't like. I'm just going right. to eventually reach a point where I'm not happy and leave.
1: <laughs> right. You're just bottling Which, like, it up.
0: And that's, and like this, both of those things like seem so radical, but I feel like I see it all the time. Um, and Same like, here. you know, it's, it's not uncommon. It, it's more common than not, I would say. Um, Cause, and I, I think, especially with people more so our age, it's a lot more this idea of I'm never going to ask you to change. Um, I'm just going to leave once you know to, the shit hits the fan. Um, right. And you know both both sides have like good and bad aspects to it. But yeah, like like you were saying, there's 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 going to be disagreements, and working those out is.
1: You know, it's, it's kind important. of the beauty, also. Yeah, like yeah. I I know. I keep referencing my ex, but it's it's like the most <laughs> recent representation of a lot of these things for me. But like, I remember we had an argument over the fact that I wouldn't grab his hand in public, because for him, he felt like I was ashamed. He felt like like all these different things, and I was. I was like, this is the first time I've ever lived in a place where I, I feel that I could grab your hand in public and not feel certain, you know, fears and safety issues and stuff like that. And so, but that was like a long night of arguing all that. But then on the other side, I grabbed his hand in public. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, sometimes the arguing, the discussion, the what have you, can either win somebody over to your perspective or at the very, very, very least help them empathize with why you're making your decisions or why you view something in your way. So it's like there's a benefit on the other side of it. It's not always just like, well, now we both believe the same, you know?
0: Right, right. Now we are in union. right. Well, dude, we're getting close to the second hour here. I know it's it's almost, what, almost 3 a.m. for you?
1: Almost 3 a.m. <laughs>
0: Jeez, Louise. So, I love this, man.
1: Me um, too. Thanks for talking.
0: Listen- yeah, man, I'm excited to listen back to this. You made, like, ah, you bastard. Like, <laughs> got me all vulnerable on here.
1: Listen. It's what I do. I live in the vulnerability. It's my favorite thing.
0: You're a vulnerability vamp- vampire.
1: I am. Except you give I it back. I don't know if that's... Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I was about to say, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: No, you give it back. You give it back.
1: I do. But as we learned tonight, maybe a little performative at times. Right. And who can blame <laughs> us, though?
0: And, and, and honestly, Justin, they love it so yeah
1: and i do too so (laughs)
0: yeah everybody's happy
1: (laughs) so um, all right right, brother i love you man i love you too thanks for talking
0: yeah man get some sleep thanks
1: for listening everybody (laughs) All all right see ya